Hello, welcome to Full Time Football with your host, it's me, Jordan Sneddon. And tonight we've got a, a guest appearance with former Rangers, Ross County and Stranraer midfielder, Max Ashmore. How are you doing, Max? Not bad at all. Yourself? Ah, fast. Living the dream, mate. Living the dream. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll just jump right in, mate. Just to how things going now? Like, what you what you've been up to? Things are busy, mate. To be fair, um, just recently uh, joined the club again, uh, again on a slightly slightly different role this time uh, as a member of staff. So, I always say I'm on the dark side now. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I played. It's quite weird. I played with a couple of boys in that, obviously. So sometimes you're walking by them in the corridor with the with other outfit on, they don't speak to you. That keep hating. Uh, so I think they're going to grab someone or arrest them. But um, they need to talk to you with authority now. Right, <laughs> exactly. But you know, I'm seeing it from our side now, and it's and it's quite good. And see, to be fair, the things that I see now, I wish I wish I knew when I was a player at times because you don't actually know how much goes into it, and that you're being watched twenty four seven or the rest of it. Uh, but you know, it's it's different for what it is, and it's uh, no, I'm enjoying it definitely. Ah, that's good, man. When when was it started doing it? So, uh, so it's quite funny because. Around, around about the time I left, Cremo Holland actually said to me um, that he wanted me back at the club and that he said he was going to be in a, in a more sort of coaching role, but obviously because mm. I left and, and went to Ross County, um, you know, I couldn't really commit to something like that at that time because I was still playing full-time all the yeah. uh, And then when I was in America in the summer, uh, he, he phoned me, well, Graham Murphy actually phoned me just before I left and said that they were going to try and get me back in. Uh, and I went back in to meet with him just before I left and and he said, we've, we've got a few uh, ideas uh, to try and get you back in, but we'll be in touch. And I told him I was going to America, blah, 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 and the rest of it. Um, he phoned me when I was in America, and to be fair, the offer that, that he made me was, uh, you know, something that at this age and stage and, and where my football career's at at the minute that I couldn't really refuse. Nah, that's quality, man. Um, at the beginning of your career, um, what was your like, earliest footballing memories? Earliest memories, uh, I mean, probably playing with, the, with my primary school team. You know, where, where I'm from, I'm I'm from a small village, uh, just just in Renfrewshire. So there was only seven eight of us in the school or something. So um, been been best pals with uh, you know two boys that, that were interested in football throughout my whole life. It, it kind of kept me on a bit to to be interested in football, but uh, never seen my Rangers until until I was 12. So before that, it was never really a, a big an interest to me. I never really seen myself having a career as such. Uh-huh. Uh, when when I was probably primary seven, just going into first year, I, I took a wee sort of growth spot and I think that helped me a lot in my development in terms of a bit more mobility and stuff in my legs for a wee guy because uh, I always had the ability to be fair. Um, but it was just that, you know, growing aspect of it and, and losing that Aye. sort of baby fat, baby fat as you call it. Um, <laughs> and then when, once I kind of grew out of that, you know, that's when a couple of teams uh, started coming calling. Uh, and then it was it came down to being Rangers and Celtic and obviously being a Rangers family and a Rangers background. <laughs> um, I was only going to choose... No, who you were Glasgow. Aye, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Class. Um, so when was it like you... what? What age were you when you first realised that you had like a, a talent for it? Probably um, like when you were twelve or something. Well, see, to be fair, mate, I think the talent was always there. It was just more a, a matter of just that other side of it. Maybe just uh, the being a bit bigger and stronger than other boys around my age. But I think I've been the same height since I was about twelve anyway. So I think I've actually grown and no, no grown since. So, um, but you know, when I was younger, I mean, 
when Rangers came in, I mean, I, I think I think I played a tour at my boys' club, going to this sort of time, and uh-huh. and it was uh, Charlie Palmer, the the guy who the guy who scouted me, told me they'd been watching me for two years previously before he eventually asked me to come up. But I mean, I didn't really think I actually set in until until I was actually up up there training. Um, uh-huh. And and once you're up there, it's you know it's a different standard. And I was lucky enough uh-huh. that that I only played twenty minutes, and after the twenty minutes, I. Uh, they they offered me to sign, you know, and the next minute it's when Celtic here that they, they, there was a few of them that just came calling, and, and there's only one club that, that you're going to choose when you're when you're Rangers supporter for yeah. your whole life, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did it feel like when when you knew that you were signing for Rangers? No, oh, it was it was you know the best feeling ever. I think it was more so my my granddad's the one that you know been Rangers supporter his whole life. Um, so I think to make him proud especially because uh, he yeah. always was the one that, that knew I had a talent of some sort um, you know maybe after seeing my brother not being quite as good <laughs> he was always hoping <laughs> for me to, to go down that route you know uh, so probably quite harsh and be sort of the third but um, <laughs> you know, be gutted, I, man. <laughs> I, I, exactly I know uh, but you know my granddad was uh, t- to see him because he, he ended up he was he was in tears when he seen me when he seen me sign the contract as a young boy, and, and for me being that young, I can still remember it like it was yesterday, you know. And I'll and I'll take that. I'll remember that for the rest of my life. That was the biggest thing for me, probably that time. Uh, yeah. My dad, my dad being for Sheffield, probably doesn't realise as as much as my granddad, and my mum maybe how how big yeah. it was. But my dad looks back on it now, and and you know I'm I'm pretty sure I did all the family proud at, at that stage. Yeah. Um. So you you were with Rangers for you were about twelve till. 18, 19, I think. 19, 19, 19. Right. What, what, was it, what was the standard of training like within the club to any of the other clubs that you've been in? Well, I think, I mean, I, I look at the, uh, that, that's probably where, you know, it's quite good for me to see the comparison to when I was in the academy to now. I mean, obviously, I, I was at the club at, at no, the best the best time uh, when they got liquidated yeah. or the rest of it. But, uh, you know, the, the standard and the stuff that we got, I always say it to the boys now, we still get absolutely everything that, that you would expect and yeah. and I absolutely loved every single minute of it but I, I batter on the guys all the time now that are in the academy they don't realise how lucky they are with the school programme, the education programme, every single thing that they get but in terms of the standard stuff, you know, I've been growing up with guys like, you know, your Ross McCrory's, your Rob McCrory's even, uh, your Jamie Brandon's, Ross Lyons, these guys are still playing at a reasonably yeah. high level and uh, you know, we pushed each other. There were six or seven of us that really pushed each other on for for that five six years that we were there. We came through it all together. Um, and then when it came, it came to the later stages when it's about first team and and contracts and money and, and all this stuff. It gets a bit more serious. But uh, to to grow up with that group of guys, you know, they're friends for life. I've got them uh, and still in contact with them all on, on regular basis where, where I can see them and. And it's a bit tougher now that we're all doing our own things, but you speak to them as, as much as you can. And for me, that's that's the best thing about football is the friends that you make across the world and Aye, and definitely and about that, you know. So there was uh, obviously been there for a lot a long time. You've probably seen a lot of players come and go. Um, is there any players that you feel have like slipped in slipped the net at Rangers, um, and have kind of could potentially go on to do big things in the game? I mean, you see something there. I mean, I think I've, you've seen that many over the. You've seen boys that, that leave at a young age and go on and have good careers. I mean, I think yeah. the, the prime examples for for me the now are, are Greg Taylor and Lewis Morgan, who were two boys yeah. that left when when I was fourteen at the time, and and, and they left. And you've seen the career. I mean, that's Lewis Morgan out playing his football in, in Miami now. Miami. And you, yeah. you just never know what what can happen. Greg Taylor obviously gets his move to to albeit Celtic, but for three million quid and. 
a boy that, that, that left Rangers at a younger age as well. But you, you never know. I mean, I, I, at the end of the day, I think it's always down to yourself where you're going to end up playing football and uh, a big part of it is luck. Uh, nah. and, and I think sometimes you, you need your chance and uh, in Scottish football and in some of the clubs, I think you're always due to get that. But, um, you know, there's nobody really that, that sort of sticks out for me apart from maybe Greg and Lewis, but they obviously just ended up playing with probably uh, not the club you wanted in the end up. So, yeah, <laughs> but but there's a few other boys that, that kick on. I mean, Ross McCrory was one especially that, you know, when we were younger, probably wasn't in your top three players at that age group. And, and through hard work and determination, him and his brother always pushing each other through. Yeah. Fun, you know, in the end up, he's been the one that's that's going on to play over 50 games for Rangers first team. And, and credit to him because he deserves everything he gets. Yeah, he's just a pure type of guy that absolutely bleeds for the gel, isn't he? Ah, he is. Well, boy, bud, Ross, but his brother's the exact same, you know. Um, and nah. it's, it's a massive commitment for his, for his family as well. I mean, they're, they're fair, sure. His mum used to drive him up four or five times a week. Um, and, you know, oh. the rewards are the rewards are going for his mum as well now that I'm sure nah. Ross and Robbie are looking after a while. Looking after a while, right. Uh, Robbie's at Libby now, isn't he? Ah, he's in loan, he's doing pretty well. So, yeah. um, albeit he's got the most annoying voice in football when he's shooting the injury, <laughs> but apart from that, he's doing no bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you know Rangers, did, uh, did they many a trip, many trips away? We did, we did quite a few, not as many as the boys are doing now. So, nah. um, but but we still, I mean, I've been lucky enough. I always say this that I've played football on four different continents of the world, and you know, a massive part of that's because of Rangers. Uh, nah. the, the, you, you know, he played in South Africa, Hong Kong. Uh, the, the trips for the parents, I mean, the parents get an experience from it as well. I met mum and dad coming out of Switzerland to watch all years with all the other parents, and albeit they're all getting swallowed and whatever they want to do but, I mean, it's, it's a holiday with the kids for them but for us yeah. it's an experience in a lifetime and everyone's enjoying it together and that's the kind of things that, that, that Rangers can give young kids that, uh, and especially now I think that the, the, the academy targeted 200 trips last year and we absolutely smashed it and went over, and over 300 across the academy so um, you know the guys are getting opportunities to go to these different countries and that's another thing that, I'm, that I can't stress them enough is when they're in these countries it's something to remember for the rest of their life and yeah. they, 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 they probably don't realise that at the time and and you know I mean I'm 21 now and I still remember things so when I was 13, 14 being in all these different countries doing, playing all these different teams your Man United's even the ones down in England you're still yeah. still experiencing you'll never forget definitely Um was there any any stories that stick out to you when you were away with the other boys? Or was there some, probably getting them in trouble if I was still there? <laughs> yeah, there's there's one, there's a few in particular to the fair, but I mean, uh, I'll, uh, a few of the boys are still at the club now, so I'll probably keep that <laughs> <laughs> quiet and keep them keep them intact. <laughs> uh, what was the what was it like at the club when uh, obviously after 2012 the, the club was liquidated? Uh, liquidated and demoted to the Division 3 what was the atmosphere like around the club? Well see to be fair because I was such a young boy I mean I, this is where I probably say I, I came through at, at the worst stage so I was too young for the first team at that time of the run like, uh, the, the third division but I was but then when I started coming back up it was the Mark Warburton era when I was getting mm-hmm. a bit older to go and to go and make a mark in the first team so um, but you know it never changed anything for us we still got all the kit you would expect still went on trips still played all the games you know we were well looked after still playing in what, what I think is the best facility in Scotland uh, and you know as long as I, I think for me as long as I had that strip on I, I was never really caring but it was like I was just yeah. grateful to be there the whole time and um, 
and it never really affected us in that sense. But I think if there was a lot of stuff behind the scenes where maybe people were were affected by it, but not so much at, at youth level because you know I loved every single minute. Uh, uh, you just touched on Mark Warburton there. Um, he took a he was I'm sure it was Mark Warburton. I remember hearing a lot of rumours of it, like you being put in with the first team and everything. Uh, do you think he was a, a good figure for like the young players at the club at the time? Hundred uh, percent. You know, when as soon as Mark came in, I mean, I remember his first day when he came in, and he was the organisation and you know the sessions that he, that he put you through. He he made sure that every session and and the way you wanted to play the style of football was, uh, you know, was mirrored from from the first team all the way down to the, the very very bottom of the academy. And, yeah. and you know, the guys came from a business background. It's, he's no daft. He's 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 a bright guy. And with David Weir there as well, who has that experience of playing with him, he's also Rangers captain, a legend. Uh, nah. They 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 two kind of bounced off each other. And with the backroom staff that had in place, you know, I, I loved going up there and, and training with him. I trained quite regularly with him, to be fair. And it was and it was one experience. It was training with you know even guys like uh, Martin Waghorn and. Jason Holt and Kenny Miller, guys I looked up to when I when I was yeah. younger and training with them on a regular basis, getting that feedback from them, what it is I need to do better, blah blah blah. I remember when when Nico Cranshaw uh, first came in and trained and and I said to him as as a young boy coming out to the first year, I said, What what's one word of advice you can give me? And he, he said, You should always you should always have a one touch pass in your head and I just made my think, well, mate, you've probably got about a hundred appearances for Croatia and I'm <laughs> I mean, got first team appearance yet, there's absolutely no way that's a good piece of advice. So uh, but some of them, the standard when you went up was was quicker. It was you know slicker, and you know people uh, could run run faster. They were stronger, and so uh, it was quite good for me at that time. Um, but there was, you know, uh, uh, I think there was a lot of boys that like your Liam Butts and that, for example, that were up there regularly. Um, myself, you know, even Billy Gilmore towards the end. But we all got a decent enough experience at it, and it was, you know, his training was brilliant. I thought he was he was really smart, but it was just a shame, obviously, what happened towards the end. Uh, yeah, because he did implement a totally different style of football at Rangers and it was well, did, I mean, brilliant, I, I to watch, think, brilliant to watch I, at times. Well, I think his early signs were, was is put good. You know, he almost rebranded it to, to being Rangers again, in a sense. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, I've, I've heard Kenny Miller say it, say it recently that he felt it was if, if he got another crack at it, if he got another year, then he would have maybe challenged for the title. But it's all a uh, first and maybe. You know, he was building a uh, good squad there. He had good things in place. He had good ideas. But... You know, it's just one of the things where it's football, and if you're not getting the results, especially at a couple of Rangers, then it's never going to last. Yeah, exactly. Um, why do you, why do you feel it never quite worked out at Rangers as a player? Um, you know, I'll never ever say that uh, I didn't give it everything I had. You know, I've probably looked back in certain things and think should I have done that, should I have done that, but. Um, you know, I remember when Graham Murray came in uh, my last couple of months and, and I've always said it, I've said it to Mutz, I actually said it funnily enough to Mutz the other day that I reckon if I had another year working with him then, then you know, he would have brought my game on even more than what he did in the short period of time. But, you know, when I left, I was reserve team captain. There was no, you know, there was no love loss, but I never really, never left on bad terms. Uh, as you can yeah. see, obviously, now that I'm back at the club. But I, I, I look back on it and... Uh, you know, just the situations, the sort of pressure of trying to chase Celtic and close that gap. There was there was a lot of things going on at the time, people coming in, people coming out, different change of managers. I mean, I think I've seen probably the most Rangers managers ever <laughs> in the time <laughs> I was there. Uh, for, you know, Alan McCoy, so earlier on to 
to Mark Warburton, to Pedro, to, to Mertz as well, even towards the tail Pedro. end. But, oh, there's, <laughs> well, we'll see that. Did you see people. Pedro last night? Well, <laughs> I said uh, about Warburton Morelos. His <laughs> 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 Warburton no, Herrera but, was shit, by the way. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No, I see the fair. I mean, everyone says what they need to say about, about Pedro, but I, I thought he was good. Yeah. Aye. You know, he was seem, yeah, it, he seems like a guy who's pretty clued up about his football, man. He did, I, but he was just maybe maybe just his background staff with someone uh, couldn't speak English and all the rest of it. But, I mean, uh, Pedro was generally, you know, he, he had good ideas about football. His, his training sessions were good. He always involved the youth boys in his training, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was massive for, for us being young boys, albeit there was 30 bodies training sometimes. But I wasn't really caring because I was a young boy at the first team, so it didn't matter. But... Uh, um, you know, he was. I, I thought he was good as well. Maybe just not not the right sort of move for him. But obviously, uh, he's got the right ideas, and it will hopefully work out from somewhere else. Uh, I mean, he done. I think he went to Mexico after. He went to Cruz Azul. I think done. Uh, done no bad. Well, well, there's talks of him. He's going to be in the MLS next or something. Uh, so we'll see what we'll see what happens there. So not bad. I know. Um, you you mentioned uh, Billy Gilmore earlier. Uh, he's obviously starting to attract a lot of attention down south. Uh, how how good would you say he is, and how good could he be? He's unbelievable, but at Aye. the same time, in saying he's unbelievable, he's you know the most humble wee boy you'll ever meet. Um, I see wee boy, he'd probably smash me now to be fair. Um, but <laughs> he's the uh, you know everything. He's, he's he loves his family. He keeps he keeps people close to him. You know uh, that 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 he needs to keep close to him. Um, but what a player he is, honestly. I mean, I've never seen a wee guy like him. Uh, his awareness, his vision, when he was probably not the biggest when he came to play. He was 15 when he came to play with us. And, uh, I, rem- I remember one time we were sitting uh, in front of all the kids and they were all asking us questions. And he, and he said, uh, they said, oh, who's helped you a lot in your career? And they said, oh, I, I learned a lot from Max as my mentor. And I'm kind of looking at him like, what are you talking about, mate? Like, <laughs> you're about to go to Chelsea. Like, I'm your mentor and me here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I had a lot of time for me, Billy. You know, I kind of put my arm around him when I could, and and you know everything that he's getting now, he's he, he deserves it. Uh, and he obviously seen the bench last night against or whenever it was against Bayern Munich, and he's he's got a first team contract at Chelsea and all the rest of it. But he's uh-huh. credit where credit's due. The wee man's what a player he is. Yeah, he does look quality, man. Were you surprised when when Chelsea came in for him? Wasn't surprised because I think we all knew. Uh, you know, Jody Morris was occasionally at our games. I mean, there was one occasion where the boy Scott Martin that, that plays with Hamilton now, when he was playing with Hibs, we, we had a couple of first team boys down playing. So it was uh, Danny Wilson, uh, Joe Dodo, Harry Forrester. So there was a, a raft of them. And uh, Bates, uh, David Bates, all them were down playing us. And uh, yeah. we're playing against Hibs and, and we're, we're winning 1 0. And it's a horrible day. The pitch is horrendous. And, Hibs are kicking, kicking lumps at us and so Scott Martin comes in and hits me quite hard because he's an aggressive player which to be fair and that's where, it, where he gets his joy when he plays so he hits me quite hard and wee Billy comes up to me and he says so wee Billy's 15 at the time he's only played two or three games at this point and he says oh, so I'm going to fucking smash him and I went what? Um, no so me, so me me and Harry put our arm around him like that no Billy just just leave it like we'll, we'll deal with it don't worry about it we'll we all saw him, so I swear to God, Scott Martin gets the ball two minutes later, wee Billy, absolutely two-foots him, nearly breaks his leg, Scott Martin goes down, <laughs> wee Billy stands back up, referee red cards him. 
And then that was him. And you see, we, that's the thing about him. He could, he could handle himself as well, you know. And I think that's a massive, massive part of his game. And he's, he's, and I think you see it when he plays. He, will, he came on against Hull City the other night and Frank Lampard singing his praises because he, he goes and looks for the ball. And because he's such a young boy, but he's he's confident in what he does, you know. And he's always nah. he's always been like that. I mean, I always seen the early signs of it since he was a young boy. And even the first times he came in, he came in trainers. I remember. Remember thinking, when you stop being a wee busy bastard, running about as much as you're running about? Because my God, he was full of energy as well to be fit like a kid. So, uh, but making everybody else look lazy. Oh well, making me look lazy. Wouldn't have me anyway. But <laughs> um, you went on to captain the Rangers reserve seat, uh, side. Was it? I think it was a few times. Captain them. What was that like? Yeah, but that was that, that was towards the end. You know, I mean, that was probably the last five six months. Um, and I think that goes to show the, the sort of trust that, that Mertz put in, into me. Uh, and me and Mertz have a really good relationship. We, we still do. Uh, still go to him for advice when I can. He's, he's always, he's, he's helped me a lot. Um, but for me, you know, captain the boys, it's probably people probably say it's not a big deal. But for me, being, being a Rangers supporter, growing up my whole life, and to, to lead a Rangers team out, no matter what age group or what level, uh, it was uh, it was a massive honour, to be fair. And, you know, people yeah. still refer that to me now when they say oh you're a Rangers captain I'm like well not quite but <laughs> in some sense I but uh, uh, he did you led Rangers aye uh, well that's what I mean but technically people, uh, exactly so I mean, I think I was vice vice captain or something whatever it was but you know even then it's still I'm okay and I'm going to one armband on at the end of the day you know? yeah. so it was, yeah. it was an honour 100% um, when you were coming to the uh, after you left Rangers, um, it was a move to Dingwall that followed after that. Uh, how was that for you? Different. <laughs> yeah. Different. Uh, you know, some of the folk up there have 12 fingers on that, but uh, they were, you know, it's it's a lot different from being here, to be fair. Um, that's probably the bit I struggle with most. I was quite lucky to have, to have a boy that I stayed with, uh, Tom Gravosti, a a scouser that was that was essentially my best mate up there and we got on so well and I couldn't ask for a better boy to stay with but oh fuck me it was hard up there honestly yeah, was, that uh, would that, that have been your first time moving away for, for your parents as well well it was I mean that it's not even that thing you know I, I actually quite like living my own and you know um, I learn that every time I move out and come back home that you know it's you're probably better off out the house at times but yeah. um just been up there and it was you miss your pals you know you miss you know the city life in Glasgow because in yeah. mess, it's obviously not the biggest city in the world but in terms of football and stuff the facilities they were probably one of the ones that were cool apart from Aberdeen and, and Hearts potentially now but that are closest to Rangers Celtic in terms of training facility you know funding or the rest of it because it's yeah. you, you know the boys get well looked after up there and you know we were staying in a brand new three bedroom house in, in Dingwall and you know there's no there was no complaints in that sense but I just think for me Living up there, it was it was tough. Uh, but you know, I, I played probably my best football. I played in my career up there at times, and mm-hmm. Jim probably didn't help with Jim Martin target the sack and and Owen yeah. Coyle coming in. It's me and Owen Coyle didn't have the best relationship to be honest. But that's uh, oh my god, the less said about him for me, probably the better. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 was the the beef with Owen Coyle? Was it? Oh mate, well, so there was. I mean, I'm not saying. That, his first day he comes in and I'm absolutely buzzing because I remember watching Owen Coyle on the TV when he was in the Premier League or the rest of it and uh, the first day he comes in and he's saying I gave Jack Walsh his chance at 15 and if you're good enough you're old enough and I'm thinking this is, I'm going to play under him like this is it yeah. this is my chance now to play first team football so we had 18 
uh, first team players in the squad at this point. Uh, and by the end of the window, I think we had 35. So he'd signed Chris Eagles, he'd signed David and Gorg. Like, Chris Eagles, the nicest guy in the world off the pitch, but on the pitch, he was just a big time bastard, honestly. Like, he, would, he would give a ball away in a box and he would and you would throw him the bib and he would just look at you and he would call people shit in training and all that. He just like a pure, just a guy that's just whatever he was, right? But yeah. so one day, so it was about January time. Um, and obviously, I probably knew the chance wasn't going to come, so I go to Stuart Kettlewell, the reserve team manager, and say, why go out on loan, blah, blah, blah. So Kets comes back to me a couple of days later, and he says, Danny Lennon's been in touch with the club. If he Clyde, he's, he's, he's wanting you to, to, to go on loan. So I'm thinking, Clyde, that's that's perfect. Play with the reserves on a Tuesday. You know, go uh, back down the road, home Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, play my game on a Saturday, back up the road Sunday. It's perfect. So... Um, Walking by his office and uh, he calls me in and I'm, I think I'm going to train with the reserves or something after me at this point and I've got my boots on that one so I'm walking by his office and he calls me in and he goes so how you doing me man like, I'm fine so the rest of the coaching staff are there and uh, he says do you drive and I went aye I think he was going to ask oh because you'll need to go down the A9 or the rest of it so then turns around to everyone in the office and he goes right what are you all wanting so I'm standing there with my boots on that one just thinking Going on, and then he turns turns back around to me and he goes, "Right, here's a ten. I'll go and get me two baking rolls and two iron brews." Fuck and off! Looked, and I looked at him. I went, Are "You fucking serious?" And he went, "I am serious." And I went, I'm "Fucking train ten minutes." And he went, "I don't care. I'll tell Ketch you'll be late." And I just went, "Wow, what? that's when I knew. That's when I knew. After that, I was like, mate, if that's what <laughs> I said, if that's the kind of light that you see me in." Then, then whatever so I went away phoned my agent phoned my dad all the rest of it and said as long as this guy's arrested I was like I, I want him I want him I can't deal with this guy um, went in wherever I went to get it and the the skipper at the time Andrew Davies was sitting there and he said what are you doing still my boots and that on and he's like what are you doing I was like I'm getting the gaffers just tell me you're going to get me two bean rolls and two iron brews and he went oh my god you're he said he, he, he did that yesterday with another younger boy Fucking oh, hell, man! God, that just that just sums him up, honestly. But I mean, as much as he's, you know, I wish him all the best, whatever. And, and he left. He didn't tell anyone he was leaving or the rest of it. But he's, I've heard stories about him. You know, I speak to Peter McDonald about him, who's a coach at Rangers as well, who I played with, and, and Pizzo absolutely loved him because he he was one of Pizzo's favourites and one of my one of my good mates up at County was his favourites up there as well. He looked after him quite well. But I just think it's one day ones if if you don't see eye to eye with him, then he's. He's just going to be that way, we and and I'm I was actually quite gutted about it, you know, because I was so, I'm so excited when he first came in, and I've seen how well he's done in his career. But you know, I mean, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you were playing, if, as you said, you you used to feel you were playing your best football up there as well. Well, that's uh, well at that time, especially after it. I mean, I think. I, well, I feel like it was the best football I was playing. Also, maybe he didn't say that, but yeah. I'm pretty sure if, if you were to ask Stuart Kettlewell or any other guys I was playing at the time, I mean, uh, there, there was three or four games in particular before I got injured that that I was that I was flying, you know, and I was doing really well, and then and then just that chance never really came. So it's just when you kind of get to that point. I mean, that's that's the thing about football now. Mental health is such a big thing. I'm not saying that I have mental health problems, but yeah. you can understand why guys go into a shell like that because if you're doing so well and a chance isn't coming or you're up the road and sometimes you're thinking about certain things you're on your own, you know, boys are exposed to it and it just takes overthinking before you get to that point. And, and that's why we, we're quite lucky now at Rangers especially. We've got a full-time mental health nurse and I think that's the way a lot of clubs are going to have to go down. Uh, uh, probably the way forward, 
Aye, that's that's the mindset of a lot of kids now, and it's no it's it's no healthy. So no, I, I was actually I was just going to touch on if, if you actually if you thought that there was enough players uh, who have been like released to their clubs. Is that uh, I was just going to say, is that, do you feel that there's enough uh, support for young players that have just been like, released by their clubs? I personally, it's it's a weird one. I think I think now I think with the bigger clubs they get well looked after, mm-hmm. um, and I think depending on the way that you leave that club, uh, you know, I'll say I've been well brought up from my mum and dad that anywhere I leave, you, you don't leave in, in bad terms, and I think mm-hmm. that. Me being back at Rangers now sort of epitomises that in terms of if you, if you leave people in good limelight, then you'll always get a reward for it. Um, and I think that there's some boys that are never going to be like that, they're going to be quite bitter about it. And I think that you know, coaches and uh, people are a lot more aware of it now, obviously, but I think that you just need people need as much support as they can get. And even when people are saying, especially in, in the football industry, when they're all right, it, it only takes. You know, not even ten minutes or a day to to think the opposite and know that you're you're not actually alright. Um, no. And and I've seen a lot of boys that that struggle. Aye, but I've never seen something take the drastic measures uh, yet. And I and you know, fingers crossed and touch wood that that it will never come to that. But I think there's you know, football's turning and people are opening their eyes to it a wee bit more. No. Definitely. Um, after Ross County, it was Stranraer. Well, it was, I, I went to Malta for a while. So you went to Malta. Um, that was interesting. <laughs> to be fair, uh, I mean, but there were Miles Beerman. Aye, well, I was out there with Miles, but this this was when Miles was still at Rangers. So actually, ah, that, right. I was with Miles for a for a bit uh, at the time he was there. But you know, I've I've got I've got some sort of like half family out there. Uh, so I knew a guy that got me out there. Um, playing with Valletta AFC and it was that was even tougher if I thought Ross County was bad that was even worse you know need not many people you know English speaking and a lot of Italian guys in the team the standard was good but uh-huh. uh, for me it was you know you were training in the morning before the sun came up and you would go back at night when the sun went down and it was you know it was it was long days in between uh, you know you were essentially in a change room with guys that would if me being the Scottish type you would go and smash somebody in training uh-huh. would and uh, you would go into training after and you know a couple of guys would be saying things and they would all be turning around and look at you and you would just be sitting there like wait I'll take the lot easy now then <laughs> you know what I mean so yeah but you know it was different out there uh, and then after that I get the call for, for Shinra um, well my agent actually got in touch with me uh, and you know I just came home and, and played part time football for a while yeah. how, how was how was Shinra? Uh, different again um, you know it was my first real taste of being a first team player uh, and it was <laughs> I went from one one side of Scotland to the other essentially uh, the first <laughs> journey you can make in Scottish football but um, trained in Renfrew which was ideal for me I mean I think for me the big the big the biggest reason for me coming home was to, to just have a year at at home playing football, uh, you know I missed missed my pals and and missed actually being at home at, at some stages. Yeah. So I think for me training in for two nights a week, albeit playing in Shinar was the ideal. But you know you get well looked after at Shinar as well with your pre-match yeah. and buses put on and stuff. But the training was always good. But I, I just feel that at Shinar, a couple months into it, uh, around about Christmas time, the 
the standard and stuff started to slack off quite a bit and it probably wasn't taken seriously as, as what it should have been and, and for me I'm one that I, I always want to get something out of every session and I felt towards the end I wasn't really getting that and yeah. me and Stevie Farrell again uh, I mean there's a bit of a trend going on here on me falling out with managers but <laughs> <laughs> um, you know we'd, we probably again didn't you know it means me and Faz liked each other uh, he, he, he quite liked me as a player, whatever it was, but you know, I, I probably didn't get the game time that, that I felt I was deserving. And yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I moved on again to, to Still and Albion after that, which again was interesting. Aye. <laughs> uh, um, after Still and Albion, was it America after that? It was, it was America. Uh, so, how, how, did that, uh, how did that kind of come about? So my mum knows a guy that uh, lives out there, a guy called Craig McGill. So he's, you know, boys can actually can go and approach him, uh, and 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 if if they want to, to get a chance to go and play in America, they can do. So it's a, it's a summer league. It's called. Uh, mm-hmm. It used to be the PDL. It's a USL League Two, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's a league that lasts from. I'll be talking. I think it's June until I can't remember when I came back. August time. Um, depending on how far you get in, in the tournament that is uh, and he spoke to me two years on the trot and you know, I didn't really fancy it because I felt I still had a chance here and, and I went out there yeah. and, and it was it was the best thing I've ever done it was I loved every single minute of it um, didn't really know what to expect to be honest but living in California and, and Los Angeles I mean there was the lifestyle was amazing that lifestyle uh, doesn't really come any better <laughs> Well, exactly, but the, you know, the thing that I was worried about most was going out there and, you know, I thought all oh, the boys were going to think I was a crackpot, you know, uh, but albeit they did think I was a crackpot, but, you know, I got on, I got on well with them, they're all, I mean, we're all still in touch now, uh, I was staying in a house, I mean, there was two two-bedroom flats and there was tennis and, you know, that was boys from Mexico, Australia, uh, Hawaii, uh, Spain, two boys from France, uh, Brazil, uh, you know there was there was a lot of us and we all got on like you know you wouldn't believe so and for me that was a real a real eye opener I mean you can be for all different parts of the country but if you're all football and teammates and that's what I touched on earlier that you, you can make friends for life out of it and now I've got friends in places where if I want to go somewhere then then I'll know one of the boys from say France or, or Mexico or wherever it'll be like I've got friends across the world now and, and uh, I think that was probably the biggest thing that I took away from it as well as actually going and enjoying my football again um, yeah. being being here and playing part time, I was uh, I was quite close to chucking it. In all honesty, uh, mm-hmm. and and going back out, going out there, it kind of showed me why why I shouldn't have any thoughts about chucking football and in in due course. But it was uh, no, I absolutely loved it. Loved it. Are you still are you still playing football now? Um, I so uh-huh. I I came back and same with Spartans. Uh, Used to take me about two and a half hours to to get to training, um, which was horrendous. Uh, so I spoke to Douglas Samuel, and we kind of came to an agreement, uh, and then now playing the Cumbernauld Colts in the Lone League. So you know, probably uh-huh. not the, the the standard that that I was hoping to play at at this moment in time. But for me, it's just about enjoying it at the moment. And, uh-huh. and you know, playing at Broadwood, uh, the facilities are class, all the boys are good and, and I'm enjoying my football just now, albeit I just need to get a bit fitter. Um, and I think <laughs> one day I can I can get back up the legs again, you would hope anyway. Uh, hopefully anyway. Um you're now back into coaching. Well sorry, you're now into coaching at uh, Rangers. Talk us through your role at the club. 
So my role at the club now, I mean, that's one of the things when, when Craig Foley basically offered me three different type, uh, types of approaches. Uh, one was coaching, one was scouting, and one was uh, the more video analyst type side of it. Uh, and to be fair, since I've came in, my, my main role has been within scouting. Uh, so me and another guy, my boss, David Stevenson, who's the academy scouting manager, uh, we are we've got the pleasure of looking after 42 academy scouts across Scotland plus, plus others um, and it's just to ensure that we've got the best players uh, from our under 8s all the way up to, to the reserve squad across Scotland and now because of the way the club's going uh, across Britain and Europe in that sense um, we've got players from all over the world I, I mean I spoke to you last week we had seven overseas trials in <laughs> and it was, uh, it, was yeah. it was just madness so um, but you know that's the way the club's going now if it's not the best players in Scotland I mean if we were to go to be an elite elite academy challenging it at the very best you know we need to look out with Scotland now and yeah. and that's becoming ever more intimate with the with the way the first team has been obviously Braga last night and yeah. you know the clubs uh, I see it now the clubs accelerating at a rapid pace and and the fundamentals that are put in place and, and everything that's been built around that over the last few years by the academy director I mean credit to him because he's brought the club some some way in the, in the last few years uh, even even the, the the younger age groups you can see like the the, the youth team uh, playing in that uh, yep um, and they were playing against Atletico Madrid last week aye albeit they did get beat 4-0 I think it was but Aye, but I, I mean, if you think if you if you watch the game, you know Rangers actually they dominate the possession. They, Aye, you know they they probably play Atletico off the pitch at some stages, but Atletico. I mean, it was interesting start that Craig actually told me that Atletico have got uh, I think they've got forty teams across uh, each age group that they can just pick from whatever's the best players that they Aye. want. And I mean, you see the boy who plays left wing. I mean, what a player, you know. And yeah, he's guys cool, that, that win your game. So, yeah, uh, you know, they're all. I know. noticed that uh, Rangers did have a few, few decent chances for like set pieces and that big boy at the back was it Breen? Has it? Aye, Bruce Breen. Aye, Bruce Breen. Just, just probably get like a few decent hitters. Aye, the ball just caught under that cranium boulder that has. I think. I think that's what it did. <laughs> so. Uh, no, nah, you know the boys did really well, and they, and they did us proud, especially with the young boys in the Bratislava game, obviously. But uh, you know the uh, the academies also came a long way. I think they've went from from since Craig took over the job from five or five or six international players to to forty two now uh, throughout the whole academy, which which again speaks volumes, uh, yeah. especially when you get rid of the the dead wood that was there before, i.e. myself. <laughs> the rest of them. <laughs> um, just to, to quickly round off uh, a couple of quick questions um, have you gave James McFadden these shots back? <laughs> <laughs> well mate funny enough right that's actually the thing that everyone remembers me for right and it's uh, and you know I seen I seen Faddy a, a couple of weeks ago at a game and, and you know, I said to him, and we're having a laugh about it. But you know, he took it well. But I mean, if that's if that's what I'm going to be remembered for, then I'm absolutely fine with that because he is one of Scotland's best players ever. So I don't really care. But mate, but you know, uh, the thing is, right? It came up in the news saying that that I'd scanted them. So everyone thought that just during the game, I just pulled his shots down and just like and got a booking for it. But 
he's, he's taking the ball off because he's he, he was he's not slow, Faddy, and he, he's taking the ball with me, and I've just I've went to grab his his, his shirt, I think, and obviously just grabbed a wee bit on that. I was looking in a cool spot as well, or else it would have been a sight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember I was sitting in work that day and, and I was just sitting checking Twitter and then that video came up and I was like, it's a video oh, of Max. Watch that. Uh, <laughs> you see you fucking police scanning. Well, well, that's, I mean, I think Alice or Nick or whoever it was that was doing the Twitter that day probably didn't help when they said uh, Max receives a booking for pulling down you uh, for scanning you for Adam. I was like, oh, <laughs> give it go, man. That's that. So. Uh, quality, man. Um, and do you hope to find your way back into the professional game? Hundred percent. I mean, I said that yeah. to Craig, and and Craig always encouraged me. I mean, he, he says to me when when I phoned him and said I still want to play part time. He, he said, "Well, if you think a football club's going to stop you from playing football, you're you're wrong." <laughs> so I had this thing, the massive thing for me just now was just getting back fit. Um, you know, I, I recently just back a, a fractured my metatarsal not long ago, so I was out for about ten weeks. So if you see me now, I'm I give my dad no bad wrestling match now to be fair, but um, I'll soon be wrestling match I say, but once I. Once I lose a bit of this, uh, get the fitness back and stuff, and and you know play at the level and, and the standard, I think I can. Then yeah, I would like to think that I could go back yeah. full time one day, hundred percent. Was the metatarsal injury when you were in the uh, the big moon? But aye, that's when it was. Aye, aye, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in one of them now. <laughs> oh, oh, I saw you. I remember your photos. What did you do? Your son? Was that was that a football? Playing playing fives the other night and uh, big uh, Ed Downey, another uh, podcast member, uh, absolutely crunched us, snapped my ankle nearly. Uh, but I think it's uh, I think it's the uh, ligaments that uh, looks at. Too swollen to check it. The new bit. Aye, you need to take some goes doing all this stuff. Aye, yeah. I remember I remember coming to watch you guys play mind when. He's played that game down at Erskine that day, and it was the first time I'd came to watch Reese play with, with Blackburn or whoever it was. And I swear to God, I watched Chris McInnes and Stuart Oakley and Sean Skim and Barter, that boy for that team, <laughs> right in front of me and my dad. And I was like, oh my God, man, I'm never going part time ever again. I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Stuart broke a guy's leg that day. Well, there was, there was fights every week with you, you were all just uh, angry guys, man. Just, just angry young men. Just angry AFC, that's what it was. Hormonal children. This is a big shite bag as well. He used to stand at the back <laughs> of the board, didn't he? That <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, pretty much covers everything that we've got. Um, thanks very much for, for coming on, Moose Max. No, not a problem. It's been, a, been an absolute pleasure. Absolutely any time, mate. You know, you can, uh, I've enjoyed it. It was, it was good, mate. Um, yeah. Sort of weird being... Oh, over there with Skype or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's been good, mate. I've loved it. It's good. Well, mate, thanks very much for coming on anyway, mate. Right, perfect, mate. Thanks, John. Cheers for listening, folks.